Thank you, Holly. Now, I was reminded as I was getting this talk ready of a poem that I learned in school uh, many, many years ago. And some of you may have learned this poem in school too. It's by an American poet called Robert Frost. And uh, part of it very famously goes like this. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And uh, Frost asked a really key question about life. He kind of said, well, uh, how do you want to live? What road do you want to travel on? What's your life? What do you want your life to be like? And that's pretty much what Psalm 1 is about. That's the question Psalm 1 addresses. Um, Psalm 1 is the first psalm in the 150 psalm Psalter or book of Psalms. And way back in Old Testament times, there was the temple. And to get into the temple, there were these guys you had to go past, and they were called Levites. They were from the tribe of Levi. And to get into the temple, you had to go past these Levites. And these Levites were like doorkeepers into God's temple. And, and the people who got into God's temple were those who were right with God. And the Levites were there as kind of doorkeepers to ensure that was the case. And Psalm 1 is like a Levite or a doorkeeper to the whole book of Psalms, where we can meet God through the Psalms if we know him, if we know him in our hearts, if we're trusting in his son Jesus. And it's kind of got this description of two roads that we mentioned to the boys and girls earlier on. And the challenge of Psalm 1 is really simple but really important. Choose which road you live your life on. Choose which road you travel on. So that's kind of Psalm 1. Choose the right way for now and forever. That's the big message of Psalm 1. And then next week, we're going to look at the last Psalm in the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 150. And it's all about rejoicing in God. And I kind of thought, well, I've got two Sundays before I go off on holidays. If we kind of look at Psalm 1, the doorway to the Psalms, and Psalm 150, the very last Psalm in the Psalter, that's bookending the Psalms. And if we can do that, that helps us to understand what the whole book of Psalms is about. Because the big message, I think, of the book of Psalms is Psalm 1, coming to God, and Psalm 150, rejoicing in God. So the whole of the Psalms, I think, Psalm 1 to Psalm 150, are all about coming to God and rejoicing in Him. And if you look at the book of Psalms through that kind of lens, I think it will help you get a good handle on every Psalm in the Psalter. Coming to God and rejoicing in Him, that's the big message of Psalm 1 right through to Psalm 150. But let's kind of home in then on Psalm 1 this morning. Choose the right way for now and forever. And we start off with this. Uh, we're blessed if we are not influenced by the wrong crowd. Uh, and the, verse, the message of, of verse 1 is crystal clear. Blessed is the one, or blessed is he, who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed means to be truly happy. To be truly happy because we know God, and we know God's blessings in our lives each day and forever. But, but as you read Psalm, if you read verse 1 of Psalm 1, there's like a, a regression. 
There's like a starting at the top and going further and further and further down, further and further and further away from God. That's the, the picture of verse 1. Because it's kind of, it's easy to begin almost casually, if you like, to be influenced by people who are far from God and to, to listen to their advice. And that's what verse 1 says when it talks about walking in counsel with them. It means listening to the advice of people who are far from God. That's the first step on the slippery slope. I mean, quite often after a football match, you'll see players gather together in a huddle. And if you'll watch in the huddle, or you'll maybe see this as they go into extra time. You might have seen that in the Euros. Players gather together in the huddle. And in the huddle, there's usually one key person. And they are like the influencer. And they are giving advice. And they are motivating and cajoling everybody else in that huddle. They are influencing them. And the other people are listening and taking aboard what they say. So whose advice do you listen to? Whose advice shapes your life? Whose advice dictates how you live your life, the choices you make every day? Do you listen to the advice? Do you shape your life by godly people? Or do you shape your life by the advice that you get from ungodly people? You see, the more the main people in our lives advising us are far from God people, the more they will influence us away from God. That's the message of, of verse 1 of Psalm 1. We've got to be aware of that. Now for another step further downhill, another step further from God. Because before we know it, we are identifying ourselves with people who are far from God. That's what verse 1 means when it says to stand in the way that sinners take. It means to identify yourself with that crowd. To identify yourself with the crowd that's going far from God. Just take a moment to consider the crowd that you are a part of. Is it the right crowd? Are, are you comfortable as being part of that crowd? Many years ago, um, I was part of a crowd I was really uncomfortable with. Um, as we took, as I was an officer in the company section of RBB, First Kilkeel Company, and we, we took our boys over to a Premier League football match. And because most of the other officers supported Liverpool, I know it's terrible, uh, and uh, they said, well, we want to take the boys over to see Liverpool play, but you'll not come. Because they all know I was united to the last. And I said, of course I'll come for the boys, and I'll come for the crack and the banter. And so there I was, sitting in the cop end at Anfield, in the Liverpool end, surrounded by thousands of Liverpool supporters, and me a united supporter. So I was part of that crowd, but my heart wasn't in it. In fact, they almost cheered from the opposition team scored first. I'll never forget it. That was a dangerous moment. So I was part of that crowd, but my heart wasn't in it, you see. And maybe like me sitting with the Liverpool fans, as a follower of Jesus, maybe you are part of a crowd that you can't do anything about. 
I mean, we're all part of all kinds of crowds, aren't we? So maybe as a follower of Jesus, you're part of a crowd you can't do anything about through your family, your work colleagues, and so on, and they're far from Jesus. And those are crowds that we are part of. And it's not our choice. Psalm 1 has lots of encouragement for you. If you're part of all kinds of crowds that are far from God, you can't do anything about it. Psalm 1's got loads of encouragement for you if that's you as a follower of Jesus. Or perhaps as a follower of Jesus, you're trying to influence a crowd that you're a part of uh, for Jesus. And that crowd's far from God, and you're trying to influence them for Jesus. Again, Psalm 1 has loads of encouragement for you, so listen on. But you know, it's also possible, I've been, I was thinking about this a lot, um, yeah, here we are. It's also possible uh, that you are, as, as Jesus follower, you're part of a far from God crowd that you know is taking you away from Jesus. And, and you need to, and you could come out of that crowd. You could come out of it. You don't need to be there. Because that crowd is really damaging your life as a Christian. And you've got to think about that. And someone challenges us if that's our position. If there's a crowd we're part of and we don't need to be part of it, it's not, it's not our family, it's not who we work with, it's a, and that crowd's leading us further and further away from Jesus. And we've got to be aware of that. And, and someone's like a warning bell, an alarm bell in our minds, if that's us today. And then, so we're, we started off here, and then we're getting further from Jesus, and we're getting further away from Jesus once again because we really are part of the far from God circle. When we adopt the most anti-God attitudes of far from God people, we scoff at God with the scoffers. Verse 1 says, sit in the company of the mockers. Now, if you read Proverbs 3 and 34, it makes it really clear that the mockers are the scoffers, are the hardest people of all against God. They're the most unlikely people to humbly recognize they've got it wrong. They're the most unlikely people to, to repent, to turn from going their way and to go Jesus' way. They're the most unlikely people to say, Jesus, I trust in your death for me on the cross to wipe my life clean. Someone is part of a genre uh, of writing in the Bible that's called the wisdom literature. And what that means is that Psalm 1 is in the Bible to tell us the right way or the wise way to go in life and why that's the right way, why that's the wise way. And this Psalm warns us that if we want to be blessed, if we want to be blessed, then we are not to allow ourselves to be influenced <coughs> excuse me, by far from God company. And that's a warning, isn't it? I mean, that's a warning to young people. As a young person, choose your friends carefully. At uni, at school, at college, at tech, at work, choose your friends carefully. But it's not just a warning to young people, it's a warning to every single adult of any age. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen this over the years since I became a Christian. I've seen this so often. I've seen so often, sadly, so many people slip out of coming along to worship with God's people. I've seen that so often over the years. I've seen so many adults stop coming along to regularly fellowship with others on the Lord's day. I've seen so often Jesus' followers just drift further and further and further away from Jesus despite efforts to encourage them and make them part of things. 
And often it can be another person or another group or another priority that just slips in. And that priority in and of itself may not necessarily be a bad thing. It may not be. But Psalm 1 warns us. Psalm 1 warns us that just like a downhill skier, it is so easy to slip further and further down and away from God and His good influences on our lives. And so Psalm 1 charts this kind of downward spiral in somebody's life beginning with accepting the advice of far-from-God people in terms of how we live, and then identifying ourselves with the far-from-God crowd, and finally scoffing at God with the scoffers. A really dangerous place to be. So there is that regression in Psalm 1. There is that kind of downward spiral further and further and further away from the Lord Jesus. You can see a pattern here. A course of life is being set here, folks. That's what's happening. And it's a direction of life that is being set of carrying on going further and further and further downhill, further and further and further away from the Lord Jesus. And so, if you are Jesus' follower... And because of work, or because of family, or whatever it is, because of those things, you need to be, and you should be, amongst people who may influence you away from God. Then please make sure you also place yourself amongst godly people who love Jesus and who will help you to keep getting closer and closer and closer away from, to Jesus. We need that kind of counterbalance. If we must be influenced by people who are far from God, maybe through family or work or whatever, we've got to counterbalance that by having good Christian friends to fellowship with and to support us and pray for us who will keep us close to Jesus. That's so important. We've got to have that Christian support and fellowship and backup and prayer and love and kindness and accountability for somebody to come alongside you and say, well, how are you getting on as a Christian? How's it going for you? I know things are tough maybe in family or work or whatever. Are you reading your Bible? Are you talking to Jesus in prayer? Are you, are you fellowshipping with others? How's it going as a Christian? We've got to have that counterbalance of good backup, of good support and fellowship from other believers. That's so important. Now, I very well understand these kinds of attractions. This used to be my life. I, I get it totally. No bother understanding this. There's lots of glitz. There's loads of attraction in living a life that just ignores God. There's, it's really attractive. <clears throat> I get that. And I get that especially because we are all sinners. And because we're sinners, it means that we have hearts that are naturally orientated away from God to go our own way. To go the wrong road that we mentioned to the boys and girls earlier. That's the way our hearts as sinners naturally want to go. So, a far-from-God life may look attractive to us. It may look sweet and appetizing. And I get that. I know it does. It's attractive to us as sinners. But here's the thing. Here's the rub. <coughs> Excuse me. I know only too well that tasty treats pile on the pounds, don't they? I mean, they're tasty. And I love them, as I've told you many times. 
but they can be a downfall for me. They make me pile on the pounds. And the bigger result for me then is a bigger, the end result for me then is a bigger wasteland. And in a similar way, secondly, we see a here and now picture, uh, but not an eternal picture. I mean, our problem is that the far from God crowd seem to be often the in crowd. I mean, I'll give you one example of this. So I've got a United story. I haven't mentioned them for a few weeks. So I've got a United story for you this morning. So my team, Man United, I think they probably already have him signed, but they don't have him announced yet. A guy called Jaden Sancho. He plays out wide for Borussia Dortmund in the German League. He's a fantastic player. I think England should have played him far more in the Euros. But anyway, that's another story. And uh, so, so Jaden Sancho is an England international. He plays out wide as an attacker, as a forward. Uh, for Dortmund, and I think my team, Man United, have got him signed, but they haven't got him announced yet. Now, one of his teammates in the Borussia Dortmund team uh, is a guy called Erling Haaland. And Erling Haaland is possibly the best young striker in the whole world. He is fabulous. He's a brilliant player. Now, his dad, okay, his dad is called Alf Engi Haaland, right? So this, this best forward in the world, his dad is called Alf Inge Halland, and his, and his dad has about 40,000 followers on Twitter. So for my team, Man United, signed Jaden Sancho, as we think they've done. Halland's dad responded like this on Twitter, and he's got over 40,000 followers. And his son is probably the best striker, the best young striker in all the world. And Haaland responded like this on Twitter with a swear word and some of the letters starred out. You see, there he is. And he's, <clears throat> he's so influential. His son is the best young striker in the world. Every top team wants to sign him. And his dad swears on Twitter. And because he's got influence, People think that's all right. People think that's cool. And that's why Psalm 1 is so important for followers of Jesus, so important for Christians, because it helps us to see the here and now picture isn't the whole story. There is also a forever picture. And so Psalm 1 helps human beings like us see what we can't see on our own. The whole picture of life, the forever picture. Look at verse 4. Not so the wicked. Look at how they're described. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. The picture is of a threshing floor in ancient Israel. And when you were threshing corn, you threw it up into the air. And what happened was the substantial part of the corn, it fell back down on the threshing floor. But you see the bits that were no good, the husks, they just were, were blown away in the wind. Only the nourishing grain was left behind. And someone tells us that the wicked, those who turn their backs on God, will be lost like the chaff. They will be blown away on the wind of God's judgment, lost forever. And that truth is reinforced in verse 5. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Therefore, the writer says, because of the chaff lives they have chosen. Therefore, says the writer, because they have chosen a life that's far from God. Therefore, because of that, they will meet God the judge. They will not have a leg to stand on on that day. Therefore, there will be no place for them with God's righteous, right with God people. That's the forever picture we often miss. 
In the severely limited here and now picture we see it's often, it often appears to be the people who have no living relationship with God who seem to be the people of substance, the cool people. The far from God people are often the admired people, like Helen's father. But when we have before us God's eternal picture, the day of judgment, it will reveal that the far from God chaff lives will ultimately be shown what they are, and that is without substance and without hope, because they are without Jesus. The Apostle Paul makes exactly the same point in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So can I say to you, if you follow Jesus, please don't long to be like the far from God people who seem to have it all, who seem to have it sussed. Because someone tells us theirs are chaff lies. And on the day of judgment, God will reveal them to be without substance and without hope because they are without Jesus. And Kenny, you say, well, as I listen to what you say, actually, that's me. I'm living without Jesus. My life's a chaff life. If you realize that today, because God's speaking to you, if you yourself are living a chaff life, a life that's empty, because you don't have Jesus, then please see that. And please put your trust in Jesus for eternal meaning and eternal hope. Will you take that step today? And this leads on perfectly to this contrast between the chaff without God life and the life that's built on God and his eternal salvation. So thirdly, we need, to bring, we need God to bring us eternal uh, safety and true delight. What, what do people want most? They want two things. They want safety and they want delight. So, oh, so uh, on its own, safety is boring. Safety is boring on its own. It's a bit like a mortgage plan. Now, now I know mortgages are necessary and they're solid, but they're a bit boring, aren't they? Excitement, on the other hand, and delight on its own without the safety, well, it, it can be dangerous, like an adrenaline rush of an F1 driver, where you're just a click of the fingers away from injury, even death, perhaps. So we need both of them. We need both safety and delight. And only knowing God through His Son, Jesus, brings us both the safety and the delight. So we need God to bring us true delight. Verse 2 says, of the right with God person, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on God's law, on his law, day and night. Jesus' followers delight in his word. We meditate on it. We, we, we chew it over. We, we take all the goodness out of it. We, we, we savor it. And God brings his followers a depth of delight that is as different to anything the far from God world offers as a wooden shack infested by rats is different to a seven-star hotel. We need God to bring us true delight. I want to say, I want to say that if we, we go our lives without God, we might think it's great. It's no better than a wooden shack. Who would choose the wooden shack when you can have the seven-star hotel? I wouldn't. If we want true delight, we'll only find it by knowing God through Jesus. That's where, that's where we'll find true delight. We also need God to bring us eternal safety. That's the other thing we long for. Verse 6, uh, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Notice the, the stark contrast. Eternal life for Jesus' followers, eternal lostness for those who turn their back on Jesus. 
Derek Kidner, who's written a brilliant commentary on this psalm, talks about it simply as the parting of the ways. Eternal safety or eternal lostness, the forever parting of the ways. So to put it very simply but vitally importantly, do you want a life that brings true delight? Yes, there'll be challenges if you follow Jesus. It's not, it's not a walk on the park. I'm not suggesting that for a minute. But do you want a life that brings true delight? Please see, we need God through your son Jesus to bring us true delight. That's the only way we can get it. No one and nowhere else can we find that only by trusting in the Lord Jesus. Don't settle for the wooden shack when you can have the seven-star hotel. Don't settle for it. And do you long to have eternal safety? Again, please see that nowhere else and that no one else can bring that eternal safety to you. Only a living relationship with God, and that's only offered through his Son, the Lord Jesus. Eternal safety, true delight, only comes by knowing God, by trusting in Jesus. You won't find it anywhere else, folks. And when we trust in God through his Son, Jesus, to bring us true delight and eternal safety, as a result of that, as a result of God bringing us to know him, Fourthly and finally, we discover that walking with God leads to beautiful, fruitful lives. Walking with God leads to beautiful, fruitful lives. We're back with the tree right in the very center of the psalm in verse 3. And this tree, well, well let's just, let's just uh, read about it. That person, that right with God person, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It's an idyllic scene. There's this tree. Picture it's a warm day. But it's planted by the streams of water. It's, it's getting up this nourishing water through its roots. It's being refreshed. And as it's refreshed, it's producing wonderful, succulent fruit. And once again, there's an eternal quality to this. Its leaf does not wither. Verse 3 says, Here's somebody who produces a fruitful life, a life that's useful to God. Here are lives that are attractive to people who are on the wrong road because they show us all the kind of life that we were made to live, a life that's beautiful for, a life that's fruitful for Jesus. Folks, isn't this what we want as we close? Walking with God, not walking with a far-from-God world. Walking with God will lead to a fruitful life. It will lead to a life laden with qualities, laden with good things that really matter because those things come from God, the grower. Don't we want that? really? Don't we also want to be walking with God, not the far from God world that will lead to a useful to God life, living with God who made us and so living for how God has designed us to be? Don't we want that? And don't we also want to be walking with God and not walking with a far from God world that leads to a life that's attractive to people who are far from God? For such lives glow with the beauty of God himself. Don't we want those kind of lives? Psalm 1 tells us where we can find them. To choose to love and follow Jesus, the only way to God. Choose the right way. Not the wrong way. Choose the right way. For now and forever. And let's pray. Father, help us to choose the right way for now and forever by trusting in Jesus to bring us to you. And if we are on the right way, Lord, help us not to be enticed away by all the glitz and glamour of the far-from-God world around us, 
but help us to live lives that are beautiful for Jesus, attractive to others who don't know him, and a blessing to everyone we meet, that you will be glorified, that we will be satisfied in Jesus, and others will be attracted to Jesus through us. And Father, if we're on that wrong road, help us to see that, and humbly today, help us to trust in Jesus as the only way to lives that are delightful and fruitful and blessed by you now and forever. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Well, we need to choose to love Jesus and follow him. He is the only way to God. We need to build our lives on him. Let's keep our seats as we sing Cornerstone.
in him be found, oh yeah, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us today in person or online. It's been really great to have you with us. I hope you found it to be a blessing. If you're in the meeting house, it's to say, if you wait till others exit, and then the the stewards will direct you as to when to exit just after I pronounce the benediction. Just keep your seats as they direct you. Let's just pray. Father, we pray that Jesus will be our cornerstone now and forever, that we will know that best life that only he can bring us in all the challenges that we face. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father who sent him, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit who helps us to say yes to Jesus, come off the right road and on to the right, off the wrong road and on to the right road, be with us all today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.